Welcome to episode two of Done the Magic Eight Ball. Today we're going to be talking about crime. I'm here with Casey. Hello. And Jack. Hey. Let's get into it. So, first do question. my question first again. Yeah, we can go for your question, mate. Go for it. Okay. Um, so my question was, what is your best crime? Um, I'm pretty sure we've all committed crimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. All the time in our life. So. This was actually alluded to last episode as the chocolate story. Mm-hmm. And rather than an individual crime, mine was actually a crime spree. Um, it was yeah. a spree. No, it's definitely a spree. Yeah, I think spree's cool. So it happened when I was about seven or eight. And uh, it was the summer holidays. And, you know, I was pretty bored because there wasn't much to do. And I'm not sure why, but I decided to steal a chocolate bar from the local news agents. And, um, I had this like huge rush of adrenaline because obviously I was you know young, and it felt pretty dangerous. But um, you know, it's like it got completely out of hand because I developed this kind of um, theft routine, where pretty much every day I would put on my criminal outfit, which consisted of black jeans and a, a dark blue long sleeve T-shirt, and then I'd get on my kind of rusty BMX. Um, Pedal to the news agents, and then I kind of proud the sweet aisle until the coast was clear. And I kind of like I knew like which employees were working which day, so I knew kind of you know who to look out for. And so when the when the coast was clear, I'd grab my treat and run out, get on my bike, and then the weird thing was rather than just go straight home, I decided to like pedal about a mile to this field where I'd sit in a ditch <laughs> and kind of eat my reward. And it was it was totally ridiculous because it was a local shop, and obviously people in the area knew me, so I don't I don't know why I biked so far, but it just it just became this really bizarre ritual. How long did this go on for? It was pretty much the whole summer holidays, and in the end, nearly had to stop because some workers saw me saw me in the act, and I just like biked to my ditch, and then I I don't think I ever went back to that shop until it closed down. <laughs> <laughs> So, what was was it like the same chocolate every day? Or did you mix it oh, up? Oh, no, no, I, I mixed it up, obviously. I didn't want it to get stale. And you only got caught at the end. You know, no one ever suspected that there was some random kid who came to the shop every day and who walked out every day. Oh, no, they had, they had a rotation of workers, so, you know. And I'd, I'd mix up my timings. It wouldn't be every day. It wouldn't be the same time every day. So. No, you were thinking ahead then. Yeah, obviously. I actually had the knack for it. I didn't actually get caught, but basically they saw me kind of about to see it and I thought that I was done so I just like ran I was like biked as fast as I could just to the field you are ridiculous it's amazing yeah that's what you shit I did it was good at the time what I don't understand is why you didn't just pay for chocolate (laughs) it's a good point Jack 15p for a Freddo probably 10p for a Freddo back then I think it was actually five p back then. Well, <laughs> so I was I was only seven or eight, and you know, at that time my family was quite poor, and I only got like fifty p pocket money a week. So yeah, but that's still going to go. Maybe you don't have chocolate every day, but how about I'm not stealing every day instead? <laughs> I think I used to save up and buy football stickers with my pocket money. <laughs> Why didn't you steal football stickers? Oh, because they were behind them. Behind the um, counter, so yeah, next to the dangerous stuff for the cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a whole, whole, whole risk reward system going. Mm. <laughs> so, um, Jamie, what's your best friend? 
Well, I, I, a bit of a toss-up, but I think I went with a shoplifting story as well. It wasn't a spree like yours, it was like a one-time thing. And I was um, at Reading Music Festival, and uh, it was last year. It was really, it was a Sunday, uh, where everyone kind of, it just turns into riots, and everyone gets set on fire, and people shit everywhere, and it's pretty grim, but <laughs> quite a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, no, I wandered out, there's this petrol station really close to the exit of the festival, where everyone just goes and buys stuff next to all the beer trucks. <laughs> I went in there about four in the morning to buy uh, a packet of fags and like a bottle of coke or something and I just saw this really rank fucking disgusting like you know you've got the little um, like plastic perspex like boxes that they leave stuff to like stay warm in yeah and these really rank like steak bakes <laughs> like right. just they just look like greasy Alsatian with a bit of pastry around them they're fucking horrible <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> just like wandering around waiting for some other people and I'm like I've got my coat and now I've got to go and get me going to get me fags at the counter so I could just I could just nab these so like, the plan was I was I was referring back to some old stealing I'd done in the canteen of my first secondary school the technique is you buy one thing like a cookie which is round and then you buy another one um, but you just put it underneath the first one so when they ask you what have you got you just show them one cookie because oh, okay. it's like it's obviously the same size so that was my plan, was that I could steal two steak bakes. I could get away with two, potentially, but if it looked like he was going to ask me about the steak bakes, I could just pay for one and still get a free one. So I went up to the counter and just like had them in a bag, and he just didn't pay attention. I got them. I got them. <laughs> it's like when I'm like, no, no I, was, you know, I was 20. <laughs> I was 20 years old. I got this massive rush of adrenaline from stealing a couple of shit bits of pastry. Which, which basically you didn't even want. I didn't want them. I just thought I could rob them, so I did. And uh, walked out there, like walked out the garage, really pleased with myself, like strutting away, fagging mouth. And then just took one bite. It's like not only do I not want these, these are fucking disgusting. I just <laughs> threw them on the floor of the petrol station. <laughs> so all I've done really was migrate some steak bags. I mean, I know the festivals, everyone gets pretty drunk or, or so, so were you like drunk at the time? I was a bit drunk, but you know, not, I don't know, not I enough to <laughs> But not enough to, but then again, even though it was, it was probably because I'd just had just a couple of drinks and I thought I could get away with anything. Like it was a major the, crime. That's the dangerous amount of drink for you, isn't it? Too? It is. Two, 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 two drinks. Two drinks of anything is dangerous for me. Um, but no, no, it's stupid. The, th- the fact I thought I, could, I was really worried about it for like hours after as well. I was like, what if they come and get me? <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> two people who were working in a petrol station at four in the morning and you have like 90,000 immigrants to like the centre of Reading at one time. How are they going to get me? <laughs> to get you for like a two quid state bank. Which was yeah, probably, I was so worried about it. Anyway. I was so worried about it up until the point that I was on the coach going home and I was like, I'm all up. <laughs> it's like a... I felt like I was getting across the border in like the escape vehicle. They couldn't stop me. <laughs> so they're going to call the police. Like no, <laughs> they're not going to call the police. Stupid like, fingers together and just go to perfect crime. <laughs> <laughs> it was a perfect crime. Got away with it. Didn't even want it. <laughs> I showed him. <laughs> who? Who did you show? I don't know. What about Man. you, Casey? Have you got? A crime that could top either Jack shoplifting spree or my pathetic old age shoplifting. Well, uh, uh, I've got I've got one that I think you wanted me to say last time that I think is probably quite interesting. But 
It's not the one I enjoy the most, so... Do both. I don't know which Go Do both. Should we do both? If you really think that... I, I know one of them is going to be that good, and I've never really heard it in that much detail, and I've got a lot of faith in it, so I reckon you can book it. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, this is good. Well, let, well let's, get, let's get the boring one out of the way, then. I had sex <laughs> on a train. <laughs> what? Which was really good. I enjoyed that crime. Well, where on the train? Germany. When did you go to Germany? <laughs> I was in Germany. I never really went to Germany. We were just passing through Germany. Right. But it, yeah, it was pretty good in a in a little train cabin. And then this like German ticket taker came round and like the door was locked. And he was like, "Why is the door locked?" And I was like, uh, "No reason." And then he was like, "You must not lock the door." Fine. Fine. So you actually had sex on the train in like the toilet. No, not, not in the toilet, in a sleeper cabin thing. <laughs> that's actually, I, like, that's, if you've done it in a toilet, I've been like, congratulations, you are growing. <laughs> <laughs> Some part of me just thinks having sex on a sleeper cabin is all right. I don't think there's anything, I don't think it should be. A I mean, it wasn't a sleeper cabin, actually. It was uh, just like, you know, like a little compartment. Yeah. It was just chairs, it wasn't beds. Just chairs, so you were just having sex on chairs. Yeah, it was good though. <laughs> what do you think of the worst? Transport bathroom to have sex in. Tram. <laughs> you don't get toilets on trams. <laughs> Where would you put a toilet on a tram? <laughs> Seriously, dude, if you can have sex on a tram, I'll give you a hundred quid. <laughs> Honestly, that is a bet. Um, That's my new life goal. I think plane now is the hardest because not. I, I think people look for it now. Mile high clubs are a fairly like common thing. And you haven't got a lot of room in, in an airplane toilet. It's quite difficult just to turn around so you can like sit down and have a shit. So actually, like coitus, I can imagine it's pretty difficult in. But they have, I think, like, um, I think, think the worst would be a coach. <laughs> a coach is grim. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah. Yeah, I can coach as well. <laughs> I think we're going to have to go for coach, actually, because <laughs> coach toilets are always horrible. They're never flushed. They're never cleaned. Yeah. And best yeah. of all, the driver... If you've noticed, we've tried to go to toilet on the coach. The only thing the driver ever tells you is not to go to the toilet on the coach. Oh, why have you put it there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always that really nasty kind of metallic bowl kind of thing. Yeah. With no, with no real back. It's just like literally just like pressed up against the system. And then... You just sat on a sink, basically. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Shitty sink. <laughs> What's your other uh, crime, Casey? Oh, well, I essentially kidnapped a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any chance you can get prosecuted for this story? Is it all blown over now? Uh, it's all blown over now. That's good. Uh, I could have been prosecuted for it, but her parents didn't press charges. I say I essentially kidnapped a girl. I ran away from home. Uh, I can't remember how old it was. I was maybe 15. 15, 16. I don't know. But she was 14. Yeah. And because I was older, like she came with me, of her own free will, but apparently that's kidnapped. <laughs> apparently I was kidnapping her. And I had the police and they were very angry. <laughs> where, did, where did they find you, Casey? <laughs> they came around my house and uh, and, and said that I, I could be prosecuted with kidnap if her parents decided to. 
which why was... did you decide to run away and take this girl with you i don't really remember. i think, I think you were doing the, the fairly cliche and classic thing of just like rebelling with the girl you love in any case yeah yeah i think i don't i don't even rem- remember thinking that, like i wanted her to come but... <laughs> some company you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to say no to company. Are you? No, absolutely not. You use someone to chat to. Where did, why did you come back then? If the police came to your house, presumably they didn't find you. Well, they got, they got, they caught me at a train station. <laughs> How did someone have t- that? I turned on my phone to uh, text someone else, yeah. like another friend, saying that I was all right mm. and that I hadn't been murdered or anything um, and apparently they can trace your phone when it's switched on the police so you actually got the whole like, thing that you always get in like movies where like track the phone track, keep them on the phone keep them on the phone yeah, yeah. and they did that for you yeah, like a 15 year old kid trying how to weird away. is that so how did they know you'd run away because uh, I didn't get, come home that evening oh okay <laughs> they, they, they caught me at like uh Six o'clock the next morning, trying oh. to get uh, Birmingham train station. <laughs> was it a big scene? Were you embarrassed, or did they just like come have a word? No, nah, I sort of went really quietly. <laughs> <laughs> you kept me alive. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! This is Literally, I ain't so. saying nothing. <laughs> Where's my lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I really wish I had as good a life as actually, Casey. I know a story. Actually, the best crime you've ever committed, the, the, the favourite story you've ever told me, is that time that policeman caught you doing something on a wall in Chester. What? You were a little bit right. drunk. Well, you were quite, you were very drunk. And a policeman chased you because you had a piss on a wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pissed on the cathedral one day. <laughs> <laughs> and then a policeman chased me. And nobody knew where I was because... They thought I was. I'd just gone down down a different street to go for a piss. <laughs> I running away from a policeman. <laughs> Did you go and hide anywhere, like Jack, or not? Uh, no, I just kept running. <laughs> this was after I'd been beaten up by um, by lesbians. <laughs> it's a good no, story. They, no, they were no, they weren't lesbians. They were just like fourteen-year-old boys. And so I assumed they were lesbians. <laughs> lesbians Cowering beneath your testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably quite offensive. Sorry to any lesbians out there. Um, yeah, I got beaten up by 14-year-old boys. And then on the way home, I was on a walk. Chased by a policeman. The life you lead, Casey. <laughs> I'm a rebel. I'm really annoyed. Once again, you've just won. <laughs> I think Jax is amazing, but you can't be a kid now. Jax is a bit ridiculous. But... Well, it's just surreal, I think. In terms of... <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> right. Casey, how about your question? What was it? My question was, if you could make anything a crime, what would you make a crime? What did you Wasn't get that? See, I'm I'm uh, I'm a little bit worried. I, I I thought this was an all right answer, but now I feel like it's a tad harsh. 
I was <laughs> I was gonna say it should be a crime to pretend you care about celebrities dying. <laughs> what would the punishment be? <laughs> I'm ignoring we're hypothetically how much you care. <laughs> yes. Like if you send it like a Facebook tribute then it's pretty much life, I think. Yeah, <laughs> life yeah. prison. I'm like we're ignoring in this question like the hypothetical like the logistics of like policing it. We're assuming it could be policed easily, but so what would the punishment be then, Casey? Um I, th- I think it should fit the crime in some way. So probably, like, you should you should be forced to uh, maybe just listen to or watch any of that person's work or, or something. So like for a prolonged period of time until you just like absolutely despise it or. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I think should... it should scale with how much you pretend to care. Right. Yeah, uh, that's a fair system. Um, and obviously... it, should also, it should also scale with how shit of a person the person was. <laughs> like, it, like you know, you know when Heath Ledger died, yeah. everyone was like, "Oh no, Heath Ledger died." Like he's he seems like an alright chap, and he's done some really good movies. So you know, the crime for pretend, pretending to care about that should be quite minimal whereas you know jade goody is really thick and a racist and yeah. then as soon as she died everyone loved her so i think the crime for like pretending to care about someone you like ostracized when they were alive i think that crime crime is a lot worse than that's actually quite fair know. i mean it's a bit harsh uh, but I, i'm i'm on board with that well, it just get it just gets my goat, really. Get your goat. You can always write lines, you know, whatever yeah. whatever they've said in their life. You have to write out like twenty times. Like, yeah, twenty. 20 yeah, that's a good one. That fits the crime, I think. Mm. Well, I'm sure you really care, because then you're like documenting their life if you like love them so much. True. Mm. Yeah. No, I quite like it. I think that would work. <laughs> that's a good one, actually. Yeah. Okay, pause it now. Okay. In what way are you going to look good? I'm going to work out. I'm going to do some extra. Are you actually, though? Because you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Literally fucking hate both of you. That was the biggest comment I've ever had. <laughs> Fuck both of you. Um, <laughs> I just realised how hilarious that was until I got like, like in my head. <laughs> Oh, okay, let's go on the show then. So, what was your alternative answer to that question then, Katie? It was being fat. <laughs> that should be a crime. How fat? Or is that uh, depending on how fat they what? are, how much punishment right. you get? Okay, if it's fat, fat enough that it is um, damaging your health. I've thought this through quite a lot, to be honest. Right. Because smokers are putting their lives in danger, increasing their chances that they're going to need medical attention in the near future. But they're also paying a lot of tax. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have as paid as for my chemo in years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whereas fat people just eat and eat and eat and put, put themselves in greater and greater risk of health problems. And they don't pay a ridiculous amount of tax like smokers and uh, heavy drinkers do. 
Mm. I, I feel that it should be a crime to put yourself in that situation where you might become a burden on the rest of the society. And you can't exactly tax food. No, but you could tax being fat. Like, if you... Yes. That's a better way. Rather than criminalise it, just tax it. So you you go in for, like, a monthly um, BMI check, and you go, right, you have a BMI of 45, you're a fucking pig. So that'll be... Well, how about you do it on, like... You do a size weight index and then do a percentage of their, like, how overweight they are and how much tax they pay. So they pay 12% tax on their fat. Yeah, that was my plan. Like, it increases with how fat you are because you're more of a risk of becoming a burden to society. Yeah, I'm well up for that, mate. Yeah, I think that's that's actually quite a serious one. I know it didn't sound it, but I think that should be... Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm game with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie, do you want to your tip? Um, I think it should be the law. Well, I'll start. I'll start like a bit further back. Basically, you, the only time you ever hear about politicians, unless you're like deeply engrossed in politics as a subject, is when one of them gets into a position of power or they run for something. You don't hear them coming up through like um, local council, really. Do you? you just when they're state secretary or their Minister for Education, something like that, then you'll hear their name in passing and you might remember it, you maybe even know what they look like and you can kind of put names to faces. Um, Politicians are always trying to get their name out there because they're trying to publicise themselves to make their careers better. Um, They're always at the moment trying to connect with the younger generation, that's why all the parties use Twitter and Facebook. It's a really see-through and disgusting way of trying to get more voters. I think. Yeah. I don't. I don't. By all means, encourage people to vote. That's fine. But don't be so incredibly see-through about it. If you want me to vote, come and have a chat with me. Don't chat to me because I'm a young person. Chat to me because I'm one of your constituents, right? Yeah. And I think it's a really horrible system and the way they do it. So what I think should happen is they should. And they're also really cringeworthy. Politicians are always cringeworthy, and you just wait for them to say something awful, like it's either <laughs> racist or just stupid. Or they, they trip over. Well, like if they're like advertising the Olympics, they'll trip over trying to pole vault. Like it's always brilliant, but you have to wait for those moments of magic. So I think it should be the law that if you want to get into politics, and every time you take a step up from local to national to international, you have to appear on total wipeout. <laughs> Because that would appeal to young people. You learn about politicians. You go, oh, it's Eric Pickle on the big balls. I, like, I, there's nothing I want to see more than that. But you learn about politicians, so you know their faces. You might start becoming interested in what they're doing. It wouldn't be so see-through because it would, it would be blatantly, we're putting them on here to embarrass them. So you can get all the embarrassment out of the way. And if we ever need to go and look at why they're an idiot, we can just watch two minutes, 41 seconds of episode three of Total Wipeout. And you've got Theresa May being punched in the face by a wall of fists. So, yeah, that's what I think the law should be. I think if you want to get into politics and keep getting further in the political ladder, you have to continuously appear on total wipeout. Yeah, yeah. I agree to that. Awesome. Motion adjourned. (laughs) (laughs) We'll uh, petition Parliament when they come back from recess. Uh, what's going on in our business I'd love to put that up in, in Parliament that'd be fantastic what about you Jack you got a serious one or a jokey one 
It's kind of a serious one, and it's going to cause problems. I think. Oh dear, <laughs> we've got okay. one of those. Up. Well, this one was pretty hard to do because there are a lot of things in the world that like exasperate me or make me pretty angry. Yeah. So you know, like people talking in the library, or you know, like, sport, like sports fans and something like that. Those bastards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the end, I figured I'd use my powers for like a huge force of good. And so at first, you know, it seems to me that a great deal of the world's problems have like a basis in religion. And so, I mean, at first, I just like finally thought, okay, we can make religion a crime. But that's just, I mean, obviously, that would just, you know, exasperate the problem and, you know, give more power to fundamentalists and stuff like that. So I thought a little harder. And then, in my opinion, the problem isn't with religion, but it's with the fundamentalists uh, manipulating the religious text and using it to brainwash people who can't, you know, read or you know, follow it themselves. Bang on. So basically, the idea I had would be to treat religion like alcohol. <laughs> so, like, you know, like in America, they tried prohibition. Yeah. Basically, everyone just made, like, bath water liquor, which is, yeah. like, dodge. So, basically, what I do with religion is I license it. And so, you only allow certain people who are, like, reviewed by an international body to preach the religion. And then you make sure that what is being taught is of, like, a, a certain quality. And I know, like, obviously this is going to have some kinks, but I think I think it's an interesting idea. I quite like it. So it depends what proof the religion is. Yeah, in a way, just like, you know... So you get, like... Basically, the analogy, the analogy is fundamentalists like bathtub liquor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you get, like, alcohol Muslims. <laughs> just like, yeah, we don't really care about oppressing women, we just like Allah. Yeah, so I mean that's that's the problem. You know, people who are stupid or you know can't read, or they're basically being told by these people that this is the Quran say you've got to go and kill loads of people, or just like you know take this guy who shot at Norway. Yeah, you know, he's like he's obviously like a nut job. I mean, he had his teachings were obviously way up the mark yeah. in what the Bible actually means. And so, if you if you can license it and make sure it's of a decent quality, then I think I think it could work. Yeah, boy, I call that idea. No, no, no arguments on any of them. Wow, no, I think we've just managed to make the world a better place. Yeah, fat people are going to be poor. Um, celebrities, uh, celebrity politicians are going to be like bruised, and um, we're essentially going to kind of like make sure people are reviewed before they can preach. Yeah, we solve um, a few yeah. problems. Congratulations, pay yourself on the back. Yeah, I think we think we covered a lot of ground there. That's good stuff. And now, Jack, to your question. It's your question, yeah. Is it my question? Oh, so it is my question. I apologise. Um, my question was, what's the stupidest law or crime you've ever heard of? <laughs> um, so, so by this, you mean, is that actual, you mean a law or is it a crime someone's tried to commit and just failed? It can be or either. Like, I mean, I've, um, in, in my case, I'll go for my answer first. You know, you've got all those those brilliant laws, the, the really old school ones, which are just Bibles, yeah, yeah. which obviously never enforced. I found some good ones that I, 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 I've known loads of them over the years, but I found a few today um, that I'd never heard of, which are brilliant. Um, for instance, my favourite one that I found is um, none of your pets are allowed a carnal knowledge of the Queen's pets. <laughs> What? <laughs> That's actually illegal. How good is that? Because right, That's amazing. The only the only pets the Queen really has, she has swans that she legally owns. They're not pets. The only pets she's really famous for having are her corgis. Her corgis are renowned for going with her everywhere, right? 
<laughs> if it's your pet, your pet is with you because it's your pet. So presumably, the only way you can break this law is if you're chatting to the queen and like your dog starts fucking a corgi. <laughs> and that's, that's like a, that's a true video they're making. Yeah, it is, it is a great. It would be a great video, but it's like. Uh, You've, you guys both got dogs. Have you ever gone and walked your dog and it's like humped someone else's dog in the park? That's an awkward and embarrassing moment for everyone. My dog did it a lot. Um, <laughs> but like chatting to the queen and you're trying to be couth and show proper etiquette and uh, and also she's got loads of bodyguards around her. They won't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> if you're, you just got to apologise. I don't know how you even apologise to the queen for your dog being around it. Um but that's, that's pretty much my favourite. I don't know. It's it's one of those things. It's just like a like an offence. Like it's an offence for um, uh, to impersonate pensioners in Chelsea. Um, I think it's such an old crime that there's just there's there's no kind of punishment anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I quite quite like the idea of that. Um, oh, I've got any other really good ones that I found. Um, Oh yeah, it's um, it's illegal to eat mince pies on Christmas Day. What? Why? Uh, because back in and I'm gonna forget the name of the religious group, and it's really gonna annoy me. Um, basically, uh, at some point, Christmas wasn't considered um, a proper uh, faith festival, even though it was religious. And yeah, basically, you couldn't have mince pies on the day because it was supposed to represent something kind of religious-ish and they basically didn't allow it as a, as a religious day until quite a while later so it's technically uh, right. illegal to they eat they did ban Christmas didn't they they did ban Christmas that's right who was it that bought Christmas back it was it was it King Charles yes and it was King I know, I know the Grinch took it away but I'm not sure who, who bought it back <laughs> um, have I got any other really good ones here um, um, I always liked the one um, this isn't my story. No, this is the one where you're you're allowed to shoot a Welshman with a longbow inside the Yorkshire walls or something like that. Yeah, it's the, um, it's the that'd same. Be, that'd be a great way to take care of a Welsh person you don't want. <laughs> just like just somehow you know, add your friendly, you know, lure him to Yorkshire for you know, a nice weekend out, and you just like sit on sit on the tip of the tower, get your longbow, and just play the waiting game. Really. <laughs> yeah, you see, there's a few places you can shoot Welsh people. Um, I've been reading about this. Um, you can in Hereford, you can shoot a Welsh person on a Sunday with a longbow in the cathedral close. Um, you can shoot a Welsh person with a bow and arrow in Chester inside the city walls and after midnight. Um, Welsh people aren't allowed into Chester um, um, when the sun's up. <laughs> um, really? So it's all uh, th- these are important laws. Um, it's also illegal for taxi drivers to carry rabbit, uh, rabid dogs or corpses. <laughs> apparently that's pretty cool which is probably why you see no, you've never seen a cabbie with a rabid dog or a corpse it's both. especially both I don't think I've ever seen the two no it'd be weird what about you guys then which one of you is going to volunteer a stupid laurel crime I'll go I'll go now no so my, mine are all um, stories the stories I kind of like where someone tries to commit a crime like robbing somebody but the, they um, kind of don't take into account the um fighting prowess of their opposition yeah. and so the guy just takes awesome revenge so the first one is actually just a review of a YouTube video which um, I, think you, I think you found this one Jamie, where it's that guy just walks into a park oh, and he yes. just starts hitting these teenagers or something like that mm. and you know he's feeling pretty good about himself because they try and fight back and he keeps like, kicking them and hitting them 
And so he shrugs off thinking he's got away with it. But it turns out that this boxer, something has been watching the whole thing from a distance. And he just runs up to this guy about a minute later and just catches him square in the face with like a like a half jab, half hook. <laughs> just yeah. like sends him straight to the ground. I think <laughs> I saw that on Ruchi or something. It's my favourite YouTube video. <laughs> I think it's quite famous to be honest. Um, so the other ones, they're on similar themes. Basically, uh, three folks who tried to mug a pensioner got a shot. They turned out to be an ex-army boxing champion. Uh, <laughs> says Mr. George Baylor's 67 of Bury St. Edmunds. And he just joined his pension to post office when the, um, the gang like, tried to rob him. And basically, the, the, uh, the boxer, who um, I think he boxed for England in like, the 1960s, so, yeah, hit the thing leader with a left hook to the chin. And like, all, his, <laughs> all his like mates just like left, like a uh, fled, just like as soon as that happened. The proper old, I, I like the old boy, yeah. proper scrapper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the army's middleweight champion from 1958 to 1960. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, Hard old boy. The, the other one is quite strange, but um, <clears throat> it's these two younger thugs. They had a um, like a knife to the throat of a ten-year-old girl um, in Australia. Basically, the girls like started fighting out, uh, fighting back, and just like lashing out. And um, basically, she'd never taken a self-defense class, but apparently she'd learned the karate moves by watching uh, Shanghai Nights. <laughs> <laughs> and so, just like. She, her quote was, I got him by the arm that had had the knife and twisted it and threw him onto the ground. <laughs> the boy, aged about 12, was sprawled on the path, stood by her fight back. That's incredible. Yeah. I love the underdog. So yeah, those, those are my stories, just you know, the underdog, you know, taking it to the criminals. I like that. That's good. Feel good story. What about you, Casey? Um, I, I went with a similar sort of tap to uh, Jack. So uh, just ridiculous criminals rather than uh, ridiculous laws right um, i got uh one, one guy in louisiana apparently um tried to hold up a store by slamming a 20 dollar bill down on the uh counter and demanding um that uh ask, asking for change um and then when the guy opened the till to give him change, he said, "No, give me everything in the in the uh, till." And held up, he held up the gun. And so the guy gives him everything in the till, and the guy runs off, but leaves the twenty dollar bill on the uh, on the counter. And later on, when the police caught him, what he had in the bag was fifteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> So he actually lost five dollars. <laughs> incredible. Mm. What a fucking brilliant. Some other guy apparently was uh, running away from having committed an armed robbery, and decided to scale the wall of a zoo and jump in, but jumped into the tiger pit. <laughs> he was later found dead about three days later. <laughs> uh. It's always a tiger pit when you don't want one, right? Yeah. yeah Precisely. It's amazing. There was a, like a, how do you say, a, a display of people's prejudice they don't realise. Basically, in America, whenever a white, a little white girl gets kidnapped, there's like this huge story on the news. And then, you know, like everyone's like a manhunt for it, like nationwide or whatever. Yeah. But there yeah, was this, um, apparently some Mexican girl who got kidnapped by these crack addicts. 
and she's like chained up for like two days and in the end had to like fight her way out past these two like crack addicts obviously off their face and like you know run like two miles just to get to like the nearest payphone to like get home and like it didn't even make the news <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous that's insane Right, so thank you for listening to the second episode of Dump the Magic Able. Next week we are going to be talking all about work. Um, and we're going to decide who's won this week. Um, I think on best crime ever ever committed, Casey, hands down. Yeah, I think kidnapping someone is pretty yeah. hard. I think, I think you win that, for sure. I mean, I, make... I've, quanti- I've quantity, but I didn't really... Um, it wasn't a particularly brilliant crime. It was it was surreal, naive, wonderful, but it's just not kidnapping. Yeah, true. You did have commitment, Jack. We'll yeah, you, you did, and you did it a lot, but yeah. you know, close second. Okay. Um, stupidest law okay. or crime, though. Um, who, who do we think wins that? I think Casey's fat one is good because it's actually like a real point. Oh no, make a crime. Okay, right. Which one to make a crime? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Do we, oh yeah, Casey's fat one. What was your one, Jamie? You want to make yeah, what was your politicians on total wipeout? Oh, that was really good, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Man, I think Politics. I think Jamie's. I think Jamie's one win. Boom. Casey's fat, Casey's fat Talking about. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Stupidest law or crime there? That's 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 going to be the decider. I think you actually won that as well, Jamie. <clears throat> yeah, the, the, um, like some dog fucking the Queen's dog. <laughs> it's stronger than that. It's genius. It's all genius. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to uh, go and enjoy that victory. For a short one. So I'm, I'm the only one left to score now, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, but you were so. I think any other day, Jack, you would have won best crime. Yeah, it's just, any, of, any other people would have won. Yeah, it's just with Casey, you know, you never know what you're going to get. I need to step it up for week three. I'm going to bring my A game. You got it. We're on the questions of work. Right, so now that's decided. Um, it's bye from all of us. See you later. Yeah. Bye.